right now at Honda, find your kind of value with a low finance rate offer on selected Civic hatch and sedan models. There's never been a better time to get into a Civic. So talk to your local dealer and let's help you into a Honda today. T's and C's apply. Ends August 31st. See website for details. You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall, editors of the Batuta Advocate on Desert Rock FM. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the Batuta Advocate News Hour with Clancy Overall and myself, Errol Parker. Uh, for those who don't call Batuta home, this should be episode number 14 of our podcast. Yes, welcome to another show where, as always, we will keep you up to date with the week that was in town, and uh, then we will shoot the shit uh, with a guest. This week we have a famous musician, a famous Australian musician who's been touring internationally. He's dropped by to have a chat. Yeah, he's here in the Koala Sofa Studios, one of our major sponsors here at Desert Rock FM. Uh, he's just walked in, and speaking of Koala Sofas, you've been getting a fair use out of that couch you ordered last week when you got a bit too cheerful to drive home. Me? Yeah. Well, we're not going to go through this again, are we, right? You've spent a couple nights uh, on those couches, haven't you? Are they comfy? Yes, they go all right. Everything all right at home, big fella? It a bit of curry after your performance up to origin? Look, the pass was forward, Errol. It was a referee's game. Let's get to the news. All right, all right. It's been a busy week here in town. Uh, Antonio Timpano, don't know if you know him, he's managed to get a block of apartments approved uh, in the Flight Pass District, despite quite vocal opposition, I've heard. Uh, the DA was approved uh, with five of the eight councillors voting in favour of the development and some protesters um, at the meeting, they got ejected from the hall by police. Yes, Earl, I've heard a few of the apartments have already been allocated to some people around town. It's looking like some of our dedicated councillors might have some nest eggs lined up in their family members' names. Yeah, I think we should have the boys and girls up here from the Triple C uh, to look over all the stuff that's happened. It does appear to me and uh, and to most of our staff here at The Advocate that it is, uh, it's, it's quite blatant corruption and nepotism and all those spicy things you hear about from down south or uh, out eastway in Ipswich. Yes, yes, the Corruption Commission should be here uh, any time now when they're finished up with Ipswich, I imagine. Well, they surely have their work cut out for them out east Ipswich way. Elsewhere around town, and there was another fight down at the Royal this week, predictably, after a Bondi-based travelling elders rep got in a bit of a tussle. He got uh, in over his head, a bit too big for his boots, uh, after the full-time siren there on Wednesday night. Yes, a blow-in from down south is wearing his New South Wales jersey. Obviously, that's what we expected from him, uh, but he was turning it on a bit during the broadcast of the State of Origin, much to the disapproval of some of the locals. Well, we aren't allowed to necessarily say he was asking for it, but if you ask me uh, when the show's over, I'm not really sure what he was thinking going down there in a Blues jersey. I mean, the Royal isn't exactly a family pub. You know, it isn't necessarily a gastro pub. I mean... It's the type of pub you go looking for a stinking after the other one's shut. Um, he also, apparently, we've called, we've called around and he called a Dolphins prop, uh, which he should remain nameless. He called him a dumb redneck and told him to do something unsavory after that final try was scored. Yes, the cops have called the establishment after the blue, but after being informed of the story and how it went down, they told the New South Wales fan there wasn't really enough evidence to bring a case. 
despite the 4X gold decal that was lodged into his skull. Well, a few witnesses actually told me the next day that they would be willing to go on the record uh, stating that the Sydney sider did throw the first punch. That also doesn't surprise me. And elsewhere in town, they are still protesting about these new towers, aren't they, Errol? Yeah, they are. Uh, so some of the more spiritual residents of town, uh, they've been protesting about the new telephone towers going up outside the golf course estate. Uh, nearly 20 of them, uh, last count, uh, I think they're still chained to the trees opposite the site. It's all about radiation, they tell us. The new towers, while providing reception to a fair few people in the shy, will also emit electric and magnetic fields, which, depending on who you ask, can cause a whole range of deadly diseases. Yes, that's very much dependent on who you ask, if you ask me. I'll just say that they're very, 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 very lucky that this still isn't Sir Joe's Queensland. They certainly are. There's some old hippies up there in Townsville who can confirm that. But that's about it this week for the notable local news. Let's get into our chit-chat with the guest. He's from one of the biggest bands in the country right now. He uh, plays a range of instruments. He's a songwriter. Hey, uh, you might remember a few of their songs uh, from the airwaves across the country. You might have seen them live. Today's guest hails from the Australian rock band, the DMAs. You might remember a few of these songs. Don't delete my baby, I'll find the chorus now. You know that I belong to be reflections of myself. It's in the air, something in the way she drifts up there. Yeah, today we are joined by Matt Mason of DMA's fame. Uh, he's come a long way. He's just passing through town on his way up north. Um, he's got a few shows coming up overseas uh, in the UK, a couple across Europe, and he's just walking through the door now. Well, here we are with Matt Mason. Uh, what would you What would you say your job title is? You're a member of the DMA's. Would you Would you say founding member? Guitarist, lead. How do you how do you describe yourself? No, I wouldn't say founding member because I would you know I was asked to be in the band once they were already sort of writing songs and putting out videos. But yeah, I'd be lead guitarist. Yeah. So yeah, you know, help out with songwriting. Yeah. Um, so there's two guitarists, is there? There's three, well, four yeah. if you count bass guitar. Yeah. yeah. Well, Johnny took also a guitar, isn't it? Yeah, it's a guitar. Yeah. yeah. Johnny took on acoustic guitar. You know, mm-hmm. Joel Fleischer from New Zealand on electric guitar, and then. Yeah, I do most of the lead parts, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us on the Batuta Advocate Podcast and on the Desert Rock FM radio show with Clancy and Errol. We are talking to Matt Mason. Uh, Mace, tell us, what is the business structure of the DMAs? There seems to be like uh, management roles and, and there's three up front. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah, so there's three of us making all the big decisions. Yep. And then there's three hide guns. Right. And they pretty much have been the same for the last couple of years or? We've had, well, I feel, I've always said that if you want to get the best, mm-hmm. you're going to have guys who are going to want to go off and do their own thing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, if you sure. want someone to just stick around and play with you for years and years, they probably have no drive. They're probably not the best, you yeah. know? Yeah. So we've had guys going, I'll play with you for a couple of years and then I'm, then I'm out. I've got to yeah. go do my own thing, yeah, which right. I completely understand. So it's kind of like the Ramones. No, yeah. they aren't really actually brothers. You know, they're all, you know, just mates. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, none of us are actually, I don't, the name DMAs is, but none of us are actually a DMA either. Yeah. So yeah. how did you get the name or how'd you come up with it? It was our manager's idea. Right. And, um, yeah. 
wasn't the best idea and I should have learned from that. And, you know, he doesn't always make the best decisions. Does it stand for anything? We used to be called Dirty Mars. Yeah. Like Mars is in like M-A apostrophe S. Right. All right. Um, there was another band we were friends with who had a very similar name. Mm-hmm. Jaguar Mar. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah. And Johnny was actually hanging out with Gab today. They caught up. So that's... That is why the apostrophe's in there. Well, we called ourselves D-Mars. Yeah. As in, well, some people did. And then I manager said, how about we just go with this? Yeah, DMA. You know, we had a Facebook message the other day. Someone saying, do you know that your name's grammatically incorrect? Yeah, yeah. That's you know, why yeah. is there an ownership apostrophe? Sometimes if people ask, we say it's just more of a barcode or a symbol yeah. Yeah. than any meaningful name. Hmm. Here at the Batuta Advocate, we're very um, good at spotting kind of grammatical errors. So, yeah, we're oh, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. So tell us a little bit about what's going on with uh, uh, the FKA Dirty Mars, the DMAs. Mm. What, what's been going on? Europe tour? You've just come back? Yeah, we, well, we're in the middle of a world tour. Right. Um, Whoa. You know, we've tried sort of sticking our fingers around the world. Yeah. And it hasn't really worked out every time. And yeah. So places where there was fun to go out there anymore. So a world tour for us mainly just means... Uh, UK, parts of Europe and Australia. Yeah, right. But, you know, we've been on... This will be, I think, it's about 35 dates in about two months. So where have you been Jesus. recently? We went, uh, went, to, went around the UK, um, yeah. went to under the, the Channel, to France, right. to Holland, to Germany. Um, and then we just came back, did some more UK shows. We went, you know, went to Scotland for a bit, did Glasgow and Dunfermline. Right. And then we, yeah, we did that awful flight from, what is it, um, Heathrow to Perth in one go. Oh, did you? Yeah. It's Fuck the longest commercial flight yeah, yeah. in, you know, ever. Yeah. yeah. And our manager, you know, same before, <laughs> he booked it for us. Right. Yeah. On purpose or just because it was fun? On purpose. Yeah. On yeah. purpose, yeah. Was it quick to, I guess, or quicker? What? No, it wasn't quicker because going from international yeah. to domestic, we had to take all of our stuff and go through customs again. Right. And after a 17-hour flight, everyone looks pretty dodgy. Yeah. But even on a good day, we look like shit. Yeah. And we had all this equipment. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they searched us for about two hours and we missed our connecting flight from Perth to Sydney. Ah. Uh. So it took heaps longer than you. How do you guys? Do you guys get sat next to each other, or like it's kind no, of after no. a tour I, like I'd that? I prefer to sit next to a stranger because a stranger yeah. doesn't try and sleep on you and touch you in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They keep to their own. We also all like sitting in aisle seats. Yeah. Because even though you do get interrupted, you know, I just hate like tapping people's shoulders. And, yeah, yeah. Plus, yeah. you get more personal space if you're on an aisle seat. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, we obviously are still flying an economy. Yeah, so that's I, the best I'll... you can do, I think. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Unless you wrangle an exit row, of course. So how'd you get around? No, here? I don't like the responsibility there. <laughs> Remember once, I, I have hate responsibility, especially especially when I'm trying to relax and watch yeah. the Avengers. So how did you get around Europe? Like uh, you said earlier that you're on a bus. Well, yeah, uh, we used to take like a splitter van, which was yeah. you know, you'd have your tour manager driving you, and then you'd have sort of six seats in the back, all facing the same way. <laughs> Sometimes there'd be a table in the middle, and you'd face each other, and we'd play Uno and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's I would nice. love playing that because our singer Tommy is, you know, he's 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 pretty clever guy. But things like that, when you try and like when you can cheat, yeah. just yeah. and everyone's in on it except for him. Yeah, it was hilarious. You know, <laughs> hours and hours, he's just yelling and throwing his cards around. And- Does it get tense? Does it get tense? I mean, you guys get on real well. 
Does it, like, you know, 33 dates in two months, man. Oh, we've done worse than that. We did, I think we did something like 200 in a year one time when we went to America that time. So that's like one every three days. Yeah. Well, you'd say, yeah, just have like one every day for a week and then a, bunch, a bit of time off and stuff. But yeah, Fuck. that was brutal. Yeah. How old were you doing that? That was not that long ago, dude. And we were driving around in those splitter vans. Yeah. But now we've got like a tour bus. Yeah, right. Which is a lot. In America or here? In, well, yeah, just in, not in Australia because, you know, everything's, you know, 10 hours away or whatever. But in England, when you're driving around, um, yeah, it's just a lot. You can stand up and walk around and, you know, you can take a little nap if you like. There's TVs and stuff. Yeah, sick. Now, tell us, 2014, was there a particular moment? When people were getting around DMA's Dirty Mars, was there a moment when... Yeah, so we basically filmed a video at home, mm-hmm. uh, you know, cursor-esque video with mm-hmm. our mate with a handy cam and yeah. us just kind of sitting around the house, singing the lyrics of the camera and stuff. We put that online and... That's delete. That's play it out. Right. Which is the first video that we did. Yeah, it's and, a big uh, banger. Yeah, it's a cool song. Um we got contacted that day by a bunch of management people, booking agents and stuff. Really? Yeah. Got so how did, how, did it, how did it fly? What, I don't do know. I just feel like a couple of people shared it who were like in the industry and then people was kind of just liked it straight away and got in contact with us. And we left it for about a month because mm-hmm. we weren't that interested in even playing live or being in a band really at all. It was just some kind of something to do on the side, sort of stupid thing to do. And um, yeah, we got contact with IOU, messaged us and... After a while, we messaged um, the guy Leon back, um, Leon Rogovoy, my manager, and um, he, uh, yeah, we signed up with him and, you know, haven't looked back. And we met up with Johan Panaya. This is before we'd ever played live and we'd only yeah. put out one song. Mm-hmm. And we signed with them, who's part of Mushroom. Yeah, right. Um, for like three records, you know. Oh, that's right. Part of the, part of the deal signing with IOU was that he wanted to see us play live. Because he didn't, a lot of people didn't and still don't really trust us to do that. But he said, I'm going to have to see you live before I sign you. Yeah. So we got just a bunch of our friends together and we've... Where'd you play? We we just rented out the Annandale. Oh, they knew the guys from Annandale. So they just asked him if we could use it during the day. So that's a that's an iconic kind of Sydney live music venue. Yeah, yeah. In the the, inner west, I believe it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, um, people say that you know, that it's dead, but man, I still go there every Saturday night. Right. Now, what's going on, like, world-wise? You, you do world tours, you do fucking, you know, 200 dates, 200 shows in a year, you've done 33 in done, the last yeah. couple of months. Yeah. Have you stumbled across any, like, pockets of fandom that you didn't expect? Yeah, so we get a lot of messages. I saw you guys do one about um, come to Brazil. Yeah. That come happens to Chile. a lot. You come to Chile. Um, but, yeah, Mexico is just our biggest. Right. Really? We just have to go to Mexico. Far out. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they a lot of people, you know, get come to Mexico, exclamation mark. Yeah. You know. What about Europe? I mean, you you, you, you toured, um, like, that was one of your first, like, UK particularly is one of your first. Oh, uh, Europe's bases. all right, but I don't know, man. Scotland? I, I get, Scotland's great. We we did our biggest headline show yet yeah. in Glasgow. Right. Recently. Yeah. That was just amazing. That was one of those places. It's the Glasgow is the only city in the world where I've seen people stand up the front 
and they get like they don't want to lose their spot so they'll get like 10 pints yeah and they actually have double pints there just these giant kind of like sports game cups of beer <laughs> and they and slurpy they, and they yeah big slurpy and they and they line them up and they drink them and when they need a piss they just piss in them and then just lob them over the back of their head into the crowd Fuck yeah, me. yeah wow, and I've wait. seen it before, and man, I've yeah, I mean, I'm so lucky that it hasn't hit me. They go backwards, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Would you, you get stuff thrown at you? I never really understood why someone would pay money to go and see someone to throw stuff at them. But yeah. sweet. Um, well, well, there's a on. good uh, there's there's a good quote that I think uh, said by Billy Connolly. Oh, he, yeah. he said that Glasgow is the only place on earth that would look the same after a nuclear. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. I was talking to this dude after the show, and he goes, "If you get hit by a drink, yeah. and it's cold, you're good. Yeah, you know. But if it's warm, you probably just got to go yeah. home." Jeez, yeah. they love chucking piss around and yeah. getting some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty hot ruthless. Piss fucking thrown on. <laughs> yeah, you. I had a lot of haggis as well. Yeah, you, you, deep you, fried haggis. You get around haggis? Yeah, man. You go to like a Turkish joint, and they've got like, like haggis pides and fucking haggis pizza. Really? Everything. Yeah, everything. Yeah, they think of they've they got, do it with haggis. They've got their own thing, don't they? That's I, great. Iron brew. Oh, dude. So, you know, they changed the recipe of iron brew. No, no. Yeah. So Scotland's the only country in the world that has that they have that Coke isn't the most popular soft yeah. drink. Yeah, it's the right. only country. I've heard that noise before. Hundred percent true as well. I've been there and I know how much they like yeah. it. They just do cocktails at bars. It's all good. Everyone's ordering it all the time. <laughs> and um, they recently, they recently got a sugar tax. Yeah. And they went down from thirty. I think it was. 34 grams of sugar to 16. <laughs> yeah. Because they had this tax and there was this uproar in the country. Why don't you just charge more? Have a discounted version. But for us psychos who want the full 34 grams, <laughs> yeah. we'll pay double. We don't care. And they still said no. And there was just every shop, people just hoarding it. There's basements full of it. People just collecting it and keeping it. And uh, yeah, I went there and tried it because the Australian one is. Um, it doesn't you know, travel well. Well, we've got a couple months behind and we just don't drink it as much. So we, if you go to the shop now and get it yeah. from Coles in the international section, still the original recipe. Right, right. But give it a couple yeah. months, I think it's going to, we're going to get the, but it was at my friend Jack's house the other day. We would get, because it's 18 grams of sugar difference. So yeah. we were, because I brought back four cans of the <laughs> Scottish stuff for him so that we could experiment with it. And we, I was thinking, getting little saddies of 18 grams of sugar, walking around Glasgow, like selling them on the street with a little funnel so you can put it in. Yeah, that'd be great for yeah. your um, visa, I Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like an 18 gram saddie, that's a lot of little, that's a lot of white powder to be yeah, slinging. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I've got to figure out another. So you got yeah. rolled, speaking of white powder, you got rolled in Europe somewhere. Oh, oh Torino. Torino. Not me, not me, no. Did you read that in... Um, yeah, yeah, the yeah, Herald was article. that in the Herald? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. me. I, was a, I think I was a bit hungover when I was doing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Said a bit too much, but yeah, that did happen. Yeah, So yeah. it wasn't me. That, I didn't get rolled. It was uh, our drummer, uh, I'll say, and two of the guitarists. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So. Yeah. But yeah, it was just... A, the promoter said after the gig, don't hang around here yeah. because it gets really dodgy. This is in Italy, by the way. Yeah. We say, nah, man, it seems fine, you know. We just hung around afterwards and just got a bit loose. So you did, you did, you, you stuck around. We stuck around, yeah. Well, I, mean, I had a great time. You know, even the guys who got, you know, who got in trouble still had a good time. Liam, our drummer, said he was hanging out with this guy for about an hour, and they were kind of, you know, hanging out, smoking doobie together, talking about Australia and stuff. Just and then this other guy comes over and like taps him on the shoulder, and he's like, "Damn it!" And then the guy walks off, and he 
William turns around and he's holding a knife. He goes, oh, man, I, I have to rob you, you know, it's some <laughs> weird gang thing. But Liam was just like, man, I completely understand. Here's all my stuff. We're still buddies. You know, have a good night. And the guy's like, I'm so sorry. And then they part ways. It was like a weird sort of yeah. amicable... Transaction yeah. robbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So what, they do what, it differently in Europe. Man. What's on the cards here in, in Australia? You've, 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 been, you've been doing, like, you've... Delete and uh, what was this, your song before? You said the Handycam video. Oh, um, yeah, Play It Out. Play It Out. And as soon as we did that, they made us take it offline, but right. it's back on. Okay, yeah. all right. Okay. So those those were your breakout hits as a band? Yeah, I'd say wise? those two, yep. Yeah. And then the second... Uh, nothing, it was kind of just kind of flatlined until we did that uh, Triple J like a version cover of Believe by Cher okay yeah. so, then that was like another step yeah 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 that was uh, so yeah you covered a classic a very clever choice well man you know what that was the eighth song that we propositioned to them really yeah really so Kingsmill has his fingers in that pie too he, he gets to choose what goes <laughs> oh, on oh dude literally you've seen what's that movie Gladiator yeah, yeah. Caesar like with his thumb going like this <laughs> I reckon their meetings are like <laughs> seriously so what were the other eight songs that you had kind of lined up before sure uh, yeah and what annoyed me was these songs are like oh I don't know who's you know it's like I can't remember I can't say who I don't know if it's him or not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we did this. Literally, was the eighth song they said no to, a uh, Paul Kelly song, a Go Between song, and then we thought they wanted something more, uh, like, because we got a Rihanna song from the top yeah. ten. They yeah. said no to that. Right. Um, I think it was Turn Back Time by Aqua. They said no to. That would have been a good one. Oh, dude, yeah. But uh, you know, I'm glad they did because it did go really well. So yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. it's the person who's yeah. calling the. Yeah, yeah. They know what know, they're doing, don't the, they? Yeah, yeah. Killing Heidi, I reckon. That's your next play. Superman, Supergirl would be great. You know that one? Yeah. Yeah, fully. Or Weir. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Fully. Yeah. Uh, songwriting. Who's, who's, who is, how is that done? Do you guys do it like a Beatles thing where no one has a name on it or everyone's got their name on it or? Yeah, we just do it. Everything's written by the band. The three of us. Um, and we split everything just equally. Yeah. And to the point where it's like, I think it's like 33.34 for one person four months of the year, which rotates. Yeah, right. Yeah, cool. So it's very So it's just like a Merc badge then, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Except even with our royalties, we can't even afford any car, let alone Merc. What are you driving? What's your manager picking you up in? Oh, yeah, he's got one of those uh, Holden... um, uh, station wagons and it's it's definitely from the 90s and it's got like a big DC sticker on the dash the back window's got a giant globe sticker on it the top of the the front windscreen's got globe across the top yeah, right. the I was top, asking him where he got these stickers type of car you roll into uh, like livid with oh yeah he looks like he's stealing like a lot of pot yeah right he's driving around yeah, front it's of really sus bake. it's super su- yeah at the front of yeah exactly exactly so his friends a rom t-shirt on <laughs> So you just said you were halfway through a world tour. Well, we're flying over to do a gig at this place called Finsbury Park, which we're really excited yeah. about. It's 40,000 capacity in North festival. London, yeah, that's, yeah, that sold out in about 15 minutes or something. Really? So it's going to be crazy. Cries. Mm. Right, just you guys? Uh, but basically, oh, it's Wolf Alice yeah. and Liam Gallagher's headline. Oh, sick. Yeah, so it's going to be cool. I assume there's going to be a lot of flares. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Bit of soccer. Hood Doesn't happen vibes. here, but yeah, it's mm. a great thing to see. Is there any English in, in, in the band? 
Like, you know, there's a lot of England and UK response to you. Does anyone have, like, English parents or something? I know you guys like soccer. Is that like a, a EPL? I don't. Yeah. I don't. Well, you don't? You know, recently we were on Soccer AM, which yeah, is right. the biggest football show in England. Mm. And um, it's the third time we'd been on it. And, you know, there's a hat-trick you can get in soccer and you can get one in cricket, but the hat-trick is... Yeah, you score three goals. Three goals in a game yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, they, and then you get to keep the ball. At yeah. the end of the game, that's like you know. That's nice. So they gave us a ball for being there on, on the three times, and I was just thinking, I've been on it oh, three yeah. times. Like I don't even, I don't like soccer at all. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I thought just it was really funny. I'm sitting on the couch, they're asking me questions. I'm answering the best I can. It's just like, yeah, yeah. kind of hate this sport. You know, <laughs> but they keep asking us back. Yeah. But yeah, as, as you asked before, uh, Tommy's old man is a scouser. Oh right. And still has like a super thick, Liverpudlian accent. Right, right, right. And uh, Tom, uh, Johnny's old man was like a 10-pound pom. Right. Yeah. Or whatever you say. I don't really know too much so about it. So it's probably hardest for you to enter the country each time because... Uh, yeah, there's a little naughty corner yeah. that um, that I've got to sit in upon entering. Um, uh, they put with... It's me and all the crying families that aren't allowed in. It's really, <laughs> it's really sad. Every time, it's just people that just got denied and they're kind of sitting there with their kids and everyone's kind of sobbing and... It's really depressing. Yeah, yeah, right. I feel really. So those guys just slot on in. They just they, they go yeah, straight in because they've got those red passports. Yeah, right. So it's it's crazy, dude. Yeah, they just I don't even know they don't even talk to anyone. They just put in this machine and it kind of <laughs> blinks at their eyes and then they're in. But I, they do have to go and pick up all the equipment. Yeah, yeah. So when I get out, everything's there. I've got the trolleys and they're ready to go. Everything's loaded up. Yeah, so it's kind of win win. Mm-hmm. What do they think of your tats yeah. in immigration? I get, I've been asked before. Yeah. I got I got actually put in a room in Canada. Yeah. One time and asked me about it. But I got, almost every time they ask. Really? What? Yes. So they ask you if you're in a gang or something? Or yes. Like, ask yeah. if I'm in a gang or just what they mean. Right. So you've got to go through and say, this is Paul Kelly. He's an Australian folk musician. Yeah. Really well, like. that's, it's a go-betweens album, you know. But <laughs> yeah. it's just, I've, you know, it's all the listeners at home. I've yeah. just done them all myself on my hands. So yeah, they yeah. look it's really bad. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess there is a little element of prison. Vibe. Well, that's not what I was going for. I was just, you know, I'm just on a budget. But is that what they're thinking, <laughs> you reckon? They're thinking like gang tattoos, this has yeah. been done yeah. in the joint, maybe. Yeah, 100%. You know, yeah. but when I say I'm traveling with a group of, you know, eight people, we're all musicians. Yeah. Know, I'm an artist. They, they get it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Send me through, yeah. yeah. We, had, we had Hamish Blake on the show the other day, um, and he's, you know, obviously. Uh, uh, in his own lane, has had a big career. And we're talking about how, you know, when, when you've got a bit of profile and you've got a thing that's like, obviously everyone's getting around, how he can just be dragged into a room and just been thrown a complete curveball. Like, have you had any weird, like, you know, uh, people just, just think, oh, yeah, rock band, maybe we can get them involved on this or like brands or, or things like that where they try and just uh, jump on your heat? Yeah, all the time. Um we get messages every day about that stuff. Yeah. You know, people with, you know, there's a lot of political stuff we get asked. Yeah. You know, right. Like the other day we got asked to voice our opinion um, on the Palestine-Israel yeah. issue. There was like a hashtag and a picture that they were asking all their uh, friends to share, like the bands that they knew. Mm. And um, yeah, we didn't go along with it, but it's just stuff like that all the time that mm. we kind of, we've never done anything we never say anything on stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's just literally, hey, we're, the, we're DMAs, that's it. Yeah. So we don't really say too much stuff yeah. well, on you, social media. Yeah, you, you, get, know? you get on and play play music. Play it, you know, and we just don't try and get involved, you know, in our own personal and social life, sure, but it's just, you know, I feel like if a band member says something, 
even though uh, you are just one person in a collective, people instantly assume that it's the whole band that yeah, shares yeah. that opinion. Yeah, yeah. So it's just we kind of try to stay out of it because yeah, yeah. you don't, can't speak for someone else. And you, you kind of need to have six blokes with the exact same opinions on every single That's issue. what I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. it's like you said that we can't, we don't get involved in it because there's just, I don't want to speak on anyone else's behalf, yeah. especially with crazy stuff, with stuff like that. But yeah, we get asked to do shout outs all the time and speak or meet and greets and stuff. And if we can, we do. But we don't get, that's, I don't know. We don't get asked that much. To do. Have you ever had a, like a strange experience at a meet and greet? Like, have you had a few? Yeah. Well, there's off? a couple of stalkers. Really? But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we just make sure that the security know. And We're mm-hmm. here or overseas. There was a guy one time in Germany that posted on that Facebook, I'm coming to your gig and I'm going to kill you. Jeez. Really? Tonight, yeah. Why? And don't know. Was that, was that a translation <laughs> breakdown or was it like, you guys are killing it, I'll it see you tonight. A, yeah, yeah, it was in English. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Right. And um, yeah, we told the security and they, they brought in like, they doubled the security that afternoon and brought in metal detectors and stuff. That right. was pretty crazy, but we have someone who follows us around Europe and England and she's probably been to about 60 plus of our gigs now. Jesus. Yeah. Harmless. I don't know. I just don't know how she affords it because it's like a lot of travel. Yeah. A lot of tickets, and also we'll be playing festivals where it's like three hundred bucks a ticket, and she's there just for one day to yeah. see us, and then she's out. Right. So I don't really know, yeah. man. It's, I feel like when you have these crazy fans, that you know, you want to avoid them, but they're also probably really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Leave that to yeah. someone else to interview them, I reckon. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can plug your own gigs too. Like you got Splendid coming up. Oh yeah, but you know, I think that's what that sells out now, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I don't think we were able to get tickets this year. Oh, yeah. I've already given mine away, so... <laughs> yeah, no, we weren't putting the hard work on you. Don't worry, mate. Yeah, no. um, no, I think we're playing we'll at get like there 6 in the o'clock end, on the main right. stage, though, which is going to be pretty nice. You yeah. know, the yeah. sun's going down in the, the amphitheatre. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, you've had a few good gigs. You said you've got some favourite venues. Can you tell us now, favourite gig of all time as a DMAs and worst? Okay, yeah. I instantly know the answer to both of those. Right. <laughs> um, favorite gig would have been the first time we played in Japan because um, it was just completely packed. We didn't expect it. And then afterwards, um, also, like, when you play, you play a song and yeah. it's clapping, like, really fast clapping for, like, two seconds and then just... Psh, Blood. Dead silence. Blood applause. It's really weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, intense and then just psh, dead silence. It's kind of yeah. weird. That's like, fucking weird. Yeah, yeah and you got to kind of like play some distorted chord to like fill out the gap, you know. The afterwards, they cleared everyone out and they put a table. We were just in the in the green room, kind of like having a laugh. Like, wasn't that crazy, you know? <laughs> and they say, "There's we've got the table ready. Everyone's going to come in." That we were like, "What are you talking about?" And everyone at the gig had gone outside and lined up, you know, in no particular order, I'm sure, you know, and then just waited. We sat at this table and they all came in to get you know to meet you and take a photo and get something signed. Just pure. And that was just so weird, man. Yeah. I found that so. It was cool. Dystopian? Yeah, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Just yeah. especially the rock and roll gig of all places, you know. It's just, you know. Behaving yourself. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. It's just like this, you know, just yeah. never ends with those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Worst. Worst? Um, okay, so we this was in, I can't remember the name of the festival. It was in San Francisco. And we had already done our, you know, proper show. This is, you know, we played at 11 a.m. We wanted the first on, you know. Yeah. I get it, you know. We did that. We had a bunch of interviews all day. 
but it was at the festival bar. So it was basically the people who were interviewing us were getting us drinks. We'd drink all day. I'd forgotten we had another gig at the Kia car little stage, which is a yeah. tiny stage. You know, it's only this far off the ground, you know, yeah. half a meter or... And um, little PA and stuff. It wasn't a big deal. But by the time I'd got there, I was basically blackout drunk. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, yeah, I was just... I don't remember much of it, but there's footage taken by the guy who runs Stereo Gum, which is, you know, a pretty big music yeah. blog. And it was of me just sort of stumbling over and then just falling down and cracking the side of my neck on the monitor desk. And the monitor guy just being super pissed off and just punching me in the shoulder, like, get off the bloody desk. <laughs> and Johnny comes over and picks me up and I drag me off stage. I don't, I've seen the footage. It's super embarrassing. And it got shared, like, heaps of people saw it. <laughs> like, the video itself has, like, 12 likes, but it's got, like, 200 comments. Yeah, you right. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People, people yeah, yeah, saw yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really not good. Um, nah, fuck but kind of funny. And I, after the show, there was someone who wanted to do a photo shoot. So they just kind of put sunglasses on me and they all lied down next to me. Like, like, <laughs> 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 you were passed out. Yeah. Like, they put sunnies on me and they kind of lied down too. And, like, like, those, like, and they all lie down yeah, in a circle yeah. with their heads together and they yeah. take them above. <laughs> It's actually a really good photo. <laughs> That's fucking funny. Oh, my Holy God. Yeah. So you passed out. Sonny's on. Album cover. <laughs> yeah, 4 p.m. Yeah. San Francisco. Super bad. <laughs> oh, it's good fun. So I the album cover, they did two murals of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around um, Sydney, and I'm so glad that no one's like bombed it yet. You know what I mean? Wait, is that the one? No, it's, no, 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 that's not it. But there's just, there's murals of our. Yeah, they're doing murals of of you. We saw saw on your socials. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've just I came back from England thinking someone's gonna do have tagged these. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd like that though. Oh yeah. Well, you know, depends what like they write, doesn't like it? Tat, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're, they're they're all good. So can you tell us for the uh, for the listeners who aren't. Um, you obviously can't see what we're doing right now and obviously you haven't been um, working in immigration when you were entering the country. What kind of tats have you got? Have you... Uh, you've got Paul Kelly. Yeah. Tupac, Tupac. Tupac on my stomach, which was... Which the... I think the ink that we used was like uh, rubber and urine. Right. Yeah. Real prison vibes. Well, I just... How you know, did that just, heal well, up? just super... Oh, great. Actually, really? it's, well, it's super sterile, more sterile than some tap water. You yeah, know? Yeah, 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 right. All the dodging, but you know, that was stupid. Uh, but I got my postcode. Yeah. Bronte on my yeah. hand. All right. You're an old Eastern Suburbs boy. Oh, yeah. Born and bred. Yeah. What about um, band member names? Oh, yeah. I got a couple. Basically, everyone in the back. I got the, hmm. our tour manager here who's going to pick me up in that car. <laughs> he got his face. Yeah, that yeah, little portrait. <laughs> uh, it's a bunch of stupid stuff. But, you know, just usually either friends or things that I think yeah. are funny and, uh, you know, get pretty bored. Just on, get pretty bored on tour. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could just imagine that if I was on the immigration desk mm. and you've just had to explain that you've got your tour manager um, just there on your flank, you know, you'd just be like... It'd probably come in handy if you lose his passport or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is me. <laughs> See, the last flight, not this one before, but the one before that, I had... T- taken tattoo needles in my carry-on luggage yeah and i'd remembered as i was going through security and you know when you kind of you might have like something in your bag and they go is this your bag sir you know yep. come over here and they push up putting it in their rubber gloves to come over and mm. look through it and he just pulls out a, a like a deodorant spray yeah right. he goes oh you can't take this on and i was oh. like i've got 20 like full-on 
stabby needles in there. <laughs> and that just, that was cool. Yeah, and right. I was like, yeah, okay, take the deodorant, man. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> it's all cool. Do you, um, you, you guys spend a lot of, like on festivals, you do a lot of festivals, so you spend a lot of time. What, what's the atmosphere like backstage at something like, you know, Splendor in the Grass or one of those American or uh, UK kind of festivals? Do you, are people hanging around each other? How, where, where are you based? Where are you sitting? Or are you just in and out? Well, so if it's the day you're playing, yeah. you have your own little tent. Yeah, right. Like if you come the day after you play, you don't get your own little spot, yeah. but you can go into the main VIP area. Yeah. But yeah, everyone mingles around. You know, I feel like you can. There's sort of like levels. You know, you like you know who you can go up and talk to. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Yeah. Usually, it's people who are playing at the same time as you at the, the festival. Mm-hmm. You know, if you play at the start of the day, you can't really go up to the headliner and say, "Hey, what's up?" But if you're playing near them, it's it's you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. You kind of you can vibe that. Um, but despite knowing that, a couple of years ago when we played, I saw. Um, Natalie Imbruglia was hanging out with, um, what's that dude's name? He's an actor. He's like, I know Tommy really likes him a lot. That doesn't really sort of narrow it down. (laughs) (laughs) Your lead singer likes him. Um, (laughs) Oh, it doesn't matter anyway. He was like, he's like some, yeah, he's a pretty great actor. And I just went up to her and there's just a Polaroid of me. And I'm like, I'm wearing this jumpsuit, you know, like. (laughs) with like two beers and she's just standing there with her eyes just wide open just staring at her friend so yeah you got a bit starstruck (laughs) oh that was having a great time she looks yeah she was the one who seemed you know like struck yeah 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 I don't know you know what did you ever see any blow ups between artists out the back there uh no no I haven't I'm sure I don't know I'm sure it doesn't happen I know little Zan's playing at um at Splendor this year, he's got himself to a bit of controversy recently. So yeah. maybe we will see. It you don't. You don't mind a bit of SoundCloud rap? Oh, uh, you know what? I don't listen to it, but I'm just for some reason my explore page on Instagram is yeah. just covered in it. Yeah. <laughs> so I I know exactly who they all are and what they're all up to, but I'm not, <laughs> I don't I don't actually li- get listen yeah. to it that much. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty rank. Yeah. Know. I was listening to the new ASAP Rocky it, yeah. album on the way here. I yeah, find that's yeah. pretty good, but he's a bit more. He's authentic. a bit older. He's yeah, old now. yeah, times past. Yeah, it's, it is interesting um, now, and you see with all kinds of music, uh, hip hop and, and rock, a lot of people who have uh, you know times past them. It's it's weird because you've still got Bob Dylan still alive, right? You've still got Bob Dylan's alive, and you've still got all these rockers. Um, but then you go like you know the guys that are now a bit older, but they're still maybe late twenties or maybe early thirties. Um, are complaining about all oh, you know young guns in rock or rap? Uh, you know what the hell are they doing? But it's not. It's, it's. I think a lot of people have trouble realizing it's not for them as well. At all, yeah, yeah. it's not for them at all. And yeah. it's just weird that they also. Um, it's just that you're never going to get very far in any like industry or anything by just complaining about what the young people, what you know, the kids are doing. <laughs> like it obviously doesn't work. Yeah for musicians and you know politicians I just I never see that working yeah, you can't you know, complain the, kids the kids are wrong yeah yeah you know it's just like dude you, if your career's over if you're doing that stuff <laughs> are you um, you've been doing this since you were very much a kid yeah yeah how old were you when you when, you, when well, that first song I joined an orchestra when I was eight right and uh, started playing guitar I was playing the cello but started playing the guitar and listening to rock and roll music when I was about 11 yeah and I was playing in bands at about 13 doing gigs and stuff 
So yeah, I'll, you know, when we first came out. And when did you sign? Yeah, how old were you? Well, we signed with Johan when we were like 23, I think it was. You know, but I put out in Steve Kilby from the church's younger brother, John Kilby, has a record label called Karmic Hit. I put out a record with them when I was like 16. Right. That was cool. Yeah, but you know, I've been kicking around for a while. Well, just before we wrap this up, there is a, there's a little bit of trivia for those people who've made it this far through the podcast is that you're actually the uh, the composer of um, of the Batuta Advocate radio show news thing. I didn't think that was going to come up. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah oh, yeah. yeah. Pioneer. Uh, you know, similar to a lot of the guests we have on here, there's a reciprocal kind of uh, respect. And uh, yeah, Matt Mason, thank you very much for um, everything you did uh, getting this uh, podcast and, um, you know... I can't uh, say I put. I'd like to say I put a lot of time and effort into it, but you know, we got the DMA stamp. You know, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I, I did want to. I actually did want to get it mastered by yeah. um, by our mastering guy who actually does all of Gucci Mane's stuff. But I thought that that's a bit of overkill. Yeah, that yeah. might have been. Plus, it might have come. Him. It might have sounded completely different. Getting it back it might have, you know, scare people off. A bit trappy. Yeah, you don't. You know, it's not, it's not, the, it's not the vibe here. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Uh, excited to see you guys make your way through festival season and then... We'll hopefully see you there. Yeah, yeah. Put your feet up. Mm. Put your yep. feet up. When, is that, when does that usually happen? February? Oh, take a break? Yeah. I don't know, man. You know, I, I just get bored anyway. Yeah. So um, we usually get a couple of weeks off here and there, but I don't think we've got any time off really until October. Okay. Any more, any more upcoming uh, Australia gigs? Aside from, you know, the immediates? Uh, none that I'm allowed to announce. Okay, yeah. right, right. We'll right, save yeah. that. Yeah. We'll save so, that. If you're in England and if you're listening to this, be sure to <laughs> type uh, the DMAs into your in, into your, uh, into Google, I should say, and uh, if they're playing near you, if you can get a ticket to Finbury Park, then go right ahead and go and see them. Cool. Sorry, sold out. Matt Mason. <laughs> thank you. Thank you guys for having Thanks me. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us, mate. Amazing. And just before we go, there's a few questions in the form of letters to the editor that we received this week which deserve to be answered. Last week, we didn't have time for the mailbag, which was a blessing in disguise given the content in those letters were quite disturbing and far from being fit for public broadcast. Nevertheless, this week isn't any different, but alas, we have a duty to these freaks who write to us as well as the wider population around town. Okay, well, you pick the first one. Okie dokie, uh, here it is. It's from a young uh, rugby union fan up here in Batuta Grove. It reads as follows. To Batuta, I'll cut to the chase. My dad is a big rugby union fan. It's weird. He's a doctor in town and all of his friends are either doctors, lawyers or people yet to be convicted on a white collar offence. Why I'm writing to you is because I don't like union or care about it. It would crush my dad to find out that I'd rather be punched bare fist in the forehead by Danny Green than watch a minute of that boring bourgeois sport. How can I come out to him as an AFL fan? I just love the intensity and fluid nature of the game. I can't help it. I was born this way. With anonymous love from Anonymous. I just think you need to be really true to yourself in terms of your uh, your sporting preferences. I mean, there's nothing worse than being dragged along to a rugby union game with your friends under the guise that you're going to have a good time. But you could necessarily say that about any other sport, really. I mean, if, if you don't particularly like rugby league, if, if you find yourself that way inclined, you know, it is hard to, 
to look like you're enjoying something that you're not. And and I think that life is too short and it's too precious to watch Rugby Union. That's it, mate. Um, Anonymous, I kind of echo uh, Errol's sentiments in that um, it might seem hard right now. You know, you feel a bit out of place. You you, you don't know if you can go ahead with this and and, and telling your dad this. But, you know, one thing you should remember, mate, is it does get better. It always gets better. So, you know, while it seems tough and hard right now, you know, there's going to be a point in your life where your dad loves you for who you are. So, um, yeah, don't be afraid. Yeah, food for thought there, uh, Anonymous. I hope uh, things get better for you. And just looking at the clock, I think we've got time for one more short one. Uh, this one comes from a disgruntled young uh, local musician who's living in the French Quarter in a share house. And he's writing to us uh, regarding a review that The Advocate ran um, in the local edition of the newspaper last week. Um, it reads, and just keep in mind that I'm reading this verbatim, to the so-called Batuta Soy Boys. Next time you review my band, how about you don't be a dick about it? That music journalist, in inverted commas, you sent out to check out the show, barely looked up from his phone, and when he did, he was filming the effing thing to put a snippet out on his Instagram story. How is that effing journalism? Is your music writer also a muso? Does he understand what it takes to be a muso? I don't think he does. You, I guess he's talking to us now, you are hurting the local music scene by writing negative reviews about the bands in it. He's the same guy you had on staff last year when he called out Jimmy Barnes on social media for pissing in his own mouth during the Batuta City Limits Festival. Hasn't he heard of rock and roll? Fuck that guy. Anyway, my question is, why do you employ music journalists? Regards, Dane Gibson from the Cold Reach Arounds. Well, that's not a short one, but I'll give it a crack. Hello, Dane Gibson from the Cold Reach Arounds. Uh, I guess uh, what I would say to you is uh, that music journalist in question... Uh, I believe his name is Barry. Uh, is I would say Barry is a competent music journalist, and what he's done is he's come out and he's given you a review, which I know you're not used to as a millennial who plays on a guitar. You're used to the three the three star mark. You, you're used to getting that you know that badge of mediocrity from the remnants of Australian music media. Uh, no one wants to stir the boat. Everyone wants to be your mate. I understand it. You've got fans. You sell tickets. But guess what? Subjectively. From a critical perspective, Barry didn't like your music, so you can't you can't ask us why he's employed. Uh, he's employed to to review bands and and to give his opinion on the local music scene. Um, well, Dane, I think uh, to to really get uh, to the crux of your question, uh, why do we employ these people? I think that um, that having having music journalists is is a necessary evil that comes with having a music scene i I mean they don't necessarily generate too much revenue in terms of in in terms of ad money that come uh through the door but i think just as long as a scene exists it needs to have people reporting on it otherwise uh you know democracy in in music it does die in the dark and and i think that Music journalists bring a bright torch in into the dark rooms, into the in, into the live music venues around town, and and I, I think that you need to really pull your head in or or get some music lessons, Dane. Yeah, without music journalists, while they are a necessary evil, as Errol said, we if, if we don't have them to lead the way, we end up with bands like Cat Empire, 
um, on the airways for, for a decade or so. So I'm sure you can understand how necessary that is. And on that note, we're at the top of the hour. Yes, uh, up next is Bruce Hitchcock with all the news headlines, and he's followed by the team from Hello Sport. This week they'll be talking about Origin and the latest Wallabies flogging uh, and what's gone wrong with the Wallabies and what they can do to fix it, if anyone cares. But first, here's Lucy with the weather. You be kind to one another. And go the Maroons. Right now at Honda, find your kind of value with a low finance rate offer on selected Civic hatch and sedan models. There's never been a better time to get into a Civic. So talk to your local dealer and let's help you into a Honda today. T's and C's apply. Ends August 31st. See website for details.